Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Talk Podcast by fans for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball, so expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and a true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. Our topic today is our continuation of our NBA draft analysis series, and we're going to be talking about the Memphis Grizzlies. So the Memphis Grizzlies only have one pick in this year's draft, and it is the 40th overall pick. So Jalen... What do you think the Grizzlies will do with the 40, with the 40th overall pick? First of all, Ryan, I know the viewers audio listener wise cannot see, but I feel extremely underprepared right now with the fact that I don't have either one of my Memphis Grizzly jersey on. But nonetheless, the show must go on, dude. This is one of my favorite teams in the league, if not my, my favorite atop the list right now. And I mean, honestly, it's a young team that overachieved despite not making the playoffs. They were on everybody at the bottom of the West neck pretty much the entire year. And it was theirs to lose in an unfortunate circumstance where the year was kind of slighted against them in an eight game play in eight to 10 game playing. They just weren't ready. You know what I mean? Young team that still kind of has some things going for them. Um, with John Morant, obviously, Jaron Jackson Jr. and Valanciunas manning everything down. I think one thing that's going to be extremely important moving forward is just seeing what happens with them with some of their rotational guys that they have on there. Anderson is still on the team. Brooks is an interesting guy for me at the two-guard spot. Justice Winslow is a guy I extremely want to see in this offense, whether it's as the backup point guard with another Winslow at point guard experiment, like how they had with the Miami Heat last year, or if he's maybe a guy they could run at the two or the three since he is six, seven, typically does play small forward as it is, and maybe play alongside John Morant and Brooks. I think their biggest hole that they probably need to address is still the center position. I think the thing with them is just Valanciunas is a solid two-way player. Offensively and defensively, you're pretty much looking at like 15-15 nightly, and sometimes he can do more than that. But they don't really have any depth at that position, really. So I think they should go for a center, and I think it's real simple. Um, I was going to go with Daniel Arturo out of Minnesota at first just because of his three-point ability, and it gives him something a little bit different at the big man spot that they don't really have with somebody who can stress the floor. But I'm going to lean with what Tankathon has, actually, and go with Xavier Tillman out of Michigan State. Um, One of our favorite centers, obviously, in this draft class. Extremely surprising that he would even fall this far in terms of how I feel about him personally. I feel like he's a first-round talent. He might just be at the bottom end of the first round, but he's he's a professional. He averaged two uh two blocks per game. He's a rebounder. He can he he, he plays the pick and roll probably better than any center in the co- in college basketball last year. Pair that with John Morant, pair that with Justice Winslow at point guard coming off the bench potentially. He's a plug and play player that doesn't need more than 20 minutes per game and can still find a way to be effective on both ends of the floor. So, I mean, as a young team that kind of just needs to bolster themselves up a little bit, you get somewhat of a veteran out of college. This is a four-year player. I think Xavier Tillman's the pick, dude. I mean, I think this is one of the few times I look at Tankathon and say, dang, you guys got it like spot on, spot on. Like 
to the point that I wouldn't even really lean anywhere else if Xavier Tillman falls their route. I think the only other way I would go if it's not Xavier Tillman or Daniel Oturu is maybe to go switch things over a little bit and go power forward just to give that front court still some some depth even behind Triple J and go for a guy like Paul Reed out of DePaul, still 6'9", 220, 21 years old. I mean, the the shooting isn't there, but the defense is there with nearly three blocks a game, two nearly two steals a game, 15 points and 10 rebounds, efficient from the floor, 51% from the floor shooting-wise. I, I mean, I think, I mean, if it's not Paul Reed or it's not Xavier Tillman, I, I mean, I think, I think Memphis is missing out. So I do agree with you that Memphis should focus on the center position. And I also think that it is their weakest position right now. They don't have a lot of depth at that position. I do disagree with you on your choice of pick because I do believe that Jaron Jackson, that because they have Jaron Jackson, I don't think they really need a power forward in a sense. I think they just need a true center. I think they're going to get Nick Richards out of Kentucky, mainly because I believe that Xavier Tillman and Daniel Oturu are both going to be off the board at that point. I like Richards coming out of Kentucky, seven foot tall guy, a seven, five wingspan. He went from averaging four points a game in his sophomore season to averaging 14 points a game, along with under eight rebounds a game and two blocks a game in his junior season. He's a very physical player, scoring most of his points, just driving to the lane. And I think he did a better job of using his size in the paint to score and to lock down defenders. He's actually one of the better rim protectors in this year's draft. I think the biggest issue for him has been foul trouble. I know it's been an issue with a lot of guys, but I think he's been doing a good job staying out of it at times, but it's always kind of been a consistent issue for him. I think Valanciunas is a good center to have. I just think he needs a backup. Um, I think Brandon Clark is a solid backup for Jaron Jackson Jr. at the four, but I don't really see a backup for Jonas Valanciunas at the five. So maybe Richards could do that for him. I mean, I think that one's okay. I think Nick Richards is like an extremely light version of Valanciunas in terms of just being an intern, internal inside player, basically. He seems like a – even to go lesser, he seems almost like a watered-down version of Clint Capella. And I honestly think that Nick Richards is a guy that, because of all the development that he kind of needs and as a, being a guy that kind of plays more through his physicality and his heart, like he's going to be a guy who gets picked up late in the second round rather than being somebody you reach on at 40. Um, I mean, I don't hate the pick at all because at, at the end of the day, if you can get a redundant version of Valanchunas, that's actually still relatively a good center as a backup. Uh, one player that I don't want to leave completely off the table actually can play between the power forward and center position is Killian, Till- Killian Tilly out of Gonzaga. Um, 22 years old, 6'10", 220 pounds, pretty much has been a draft prospect for like the last three years. Like the question has literally been like, when is this dude going to come out? And like now, like this year, he like essentially doesn't even have a choice, like based on the fact that, you know, graduating senior and everything like that. But 13 points per game, five rebounds, that's a bit low. And that's the one thing that concerns me is just the rebounding for his position, but excellent passer, ability to move the ball, which is a great guy to have in the low post alongside a guy like John Morant because the two-way, uh, the two-man pick and roll game can work both ways. 
40% from three and 53% from the floor is something to definitely lean on. And something that should be taken into consideration is on a per 36 basis, he averages nearly 20 points per game, nearly two steals per game, and nearly a block and a half per game. Like that is something that I think can be, that can translate well with the fact that from a three-point range perspective, he still shoots about 39% projected. So that's another guy who I think needs to be taken into consideration at that pick. I still feel like between Tilly and Nick Richards, you might be reaching a bit. But like in this case with Tilly, like he's uh, on Tankathon, he's projected to go 46 to the Trailblazers in comparison to a guy like Nick Richards, who is projected to go as far down as 56 to the Charlotte Hornets. So like with Nick, my only thing is like, do I feel like my concern is like, do they reach on a guy like Nick or do they more so go into their range of a guy like Tilly or Paul Reed or Xavier Tillman? Like you said before, the biggest concern with Xavier Tillman and Paul Reed is just, are they going to be available? Because there are questions as to whether or not they'll fall that far. I mean, that's kind of like, you know, that's an up in the air thing. But I, I think the biggest consensus that we have is just that addressing the front court, whether that be power forward and or center with that pick is kind of like the most important thing. But like, let's, let's, let's take a little bit of a not left turn, but let's kind of push things a little bit forward, uh, forward by looking at the, this team in its entirety, based on what you saw from last season we haven't understand that they need to upgrade at the center position itself but what do you feel like you need to see from the memphis grizzlies in year two with john morant for them to be able to truly elevate themselves to the next level and put themselves in another position to be one of those eight western conference playoffs teams i think what they need to do is just to develop the young core they do have a solid young core john morant jaron jackson jr Dylan Brooks is turning out to be a pretty good player. You still have Justice Winslow, too, which we really haven't seen much out of. But if you're seeing what he did in Miami, you could utilize him as a great player. I think I think Winslow will be a good player for this offense for Memphis. I think because they have so much young talent, I think they need to focus on developing them first. And if they make the playoffs, then they make the playoffs. John Morant's turning out to be a superstar, and his pairing with Jared Jackson Jr. is turning out to be one of the most underrated NBA duos right now. And they have a great coach, too, in Taylor Jenkins. So, honestly, I have a, a lot of high hopes for them. I think I have to give you another question about this team because I know they have a glaring hole at center, but do you think they try to pursue anybody in free agency? I mean, obviously, you know, the, the idea would be to try to bring somebody in potentially at the, the backcourt spot. I think that the thing about them is just going based off of what you said, mainly um, building off the, the young talent. The biggest question is just like, who are you shooting for and what do you have to what do you have to allocate for that? I mean, this is a team that I extremely enjoy watching, mainly because of their pace of play. Um, I think they they just need more guys that are able to go up and down. I think it's hilarious because uh, a guy that I would love to be able to see on this team with his shooting range, but I think they would have to potentially give up a good handful to give him uh, to get him just to make the money work is a guy like Buddy Heald to me. 
Buddy Hield is a guy that with the pace of play that they go on, a lot of catch and shoot threes opportunities, a lot of uh, threes in transition. And we're talking about the third best shooter statistically in the league behind only Steph Curry and Klay Thompson over like the last three to four years. Like that's elite. But what do you have to give up for it? Do you have to move a guy like Justice Winlow again? Do you have to move a guy like Dylan Brooks in that kind of trade? I mean, that's really the issue. But if they could get a guy like Buddy Heald, even if they could finagle it and maybe even use this 40th pick to make it work, considering that the Kings, the Kings have a lot that they need to figure out. And maybe moving on from Buddy Heald might be one of the first things that they need to do in terms of having the dominoes fall. I think getting a guy like Buddy Heald in their system would be perfect in terms of their pace of play. And he gives them like, instant firepower from three which is probably the biggest thing they struggled uh, with as a team so yeah I think that would be the thing um free agent wise it's kind of dicey you know first thing you think of when you think of front court is like Christian Wood or Montrez Harrell are both two guys that are on the books that you could potentially go pursue but the question just all comes around how much money are they going to command Christian Wood gave us a lot of different flashes with the Pistons last year and it makes you wonder like ooh, could he get like a three years 18 million or something like that and push it around where maybe it's a little bit more than what they would like to allocate on a, a per year basis Montrez Harrell is coming off of six men in the year and do you want to give a six seven power forward that kind of money to maybe sort of kind of anchor your team down still being a young prospect and everything in terms of a guy that we haven't even seen the best out of, I personally believe, you know, debatable. So they have a lot of different routes that they can go, a lot of different guys that they should probably keep their eyes on. But I think the biggest thing, like you said beforehand, is developing the young talent as is and maybe getting a solid, you know, rotational center in this draft and going with that and just getting better through who they have on the roster. So I do agree that Buddy Heal is a solid selection. I think it's more about what they need to give up for him. They could give up a guy like Dylan Brooks, considering it would be an upgrade at the shooting guard position, and considering that Buddy Heal has turned out to be a great shooter. I think you try to get rid of what you can in order to get a guy like Buddy Heal. He definitely will boost your team. I still think they have a glaring need at the center position, and like you said, I think they address it in the draft. I think that they have a lot of potential as a team to grow. And this team kind of reminds me of like Charlotte in a way, a slightly better version of Charlotte, just because there's a lot of young talent that still need to be developed, but there's a lot of promise. And I think that with a team like Memphis, the sky's the limit. So I guess we kind of have to see what happens with, with Memphis and where they go. I do think Buddy Heald is a solid choice though. And I'm glad you brought him up. Yeah, I mean, like to go off of your point with them in comparison to Charlotte, I'll say this. The biggest thing for them in comparison to Charlotte is that they they struck the pan early because now the league is on notice of what they can do. And it's at early stages in all of their careers in terms of a lot of the guys who they're trying to bring up. Justice Winslow is going to be a little bit of a reclamation project, but this was a guy who averaged 27 points per game this past season before coming into the 2019-2020 year getting injured and having his season cut uh, cut short early way before coronavirus ever struck. So this is a guy who went experimented at point guard for Miami in 2018, 2019, 
pretty lethal for that team. And I mean, they were in a really good position at the time. So, I mean, adding him into the mix, I think the biggest thing for them, not only just from building upon what they've already done, but knowing that there's so much that they still need to identify in terms of the talent they have on that roster, because Dylan Brooks still has another gear that we're still trying to look and find as a secondary scorer in the backcourt for their team. Justice Winslow is a guy who could potentially play himself into the starting lineup as a small forward. If not, like I said before, the best position I would like to see him in is coming off the bench as a second unit point guard because he really thrived as the heat starting point guard when Eric Spolstra used, utilized him in that way and showed off his ability to not only score, but facilitate and pretty much push the ball the way I think the Grizzlies actually enjoy doing in terms of being able to go up on the glass, retrieve the ball, and push and transition. So they have a lot of things that they can build off that makes them extremely dangerous because they they're a team that scratch that's only scratching the surface, but they're doing it a lot earlier than teams like the Phoenix Suns who are kind of just now turning things around, the Pelicans who kind of are just trying to figure out their situation overall, especially with their coaching uh situation still being vacant and a team like like you mentioned Charlotte who really still trying to still like figure out what's up with them in terms of who definite definitively is going to represent the core, so to speak, moving forward. I think Memphis, start, uh, it checks a lot of the boxes that those teams didn't um, do as early in the, uh, in these stages of the redevelopment or the, the, the restarts for the team, or they check the boxes for teams that are still struggling with that in their development. And I think that's like a very good sign for, you know, a Memphis team that no one had, no one in their right mind saw coming last season, the way they did at least. So transitioning to our question of the day for our fans, what's the ceiling for a team like Memphis? This has been a great episode today on the Hoop Talk podcast. Of course, make sure when you subscribe to us on Apple, you rate our podcast five stars. And of course, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you guys next episode. Peace.